0: Hello fellow traveller, good morning or afternoon or evening or night and welcome to Deptford. Before you begin your journey you need to summon some storytellers and to do that you need to do something. Are you ready? Good. You should now be standing in front of the mulberry tree in the centre of the park. The tree is surrounded by railings. If you're not there yet please press pause and resume when you're in the correct place. There you are. Very good. Now bend down and pick a twig or a leaf from the ground. Choose wisely because it would determine how this journey proceeds. Well done. Good choice. We'll find out about a wayward Russian czar, some ruined feather beds and how a wheelbarrow was used for unsuitable purposes. Hello there.
1: You've done a very clever thing. By holding part of us in your hand, you are connected to every tree in Deptford. Bravo! But please do go gently, friend, and don't squeeze too tightly. We trees are sensitive souls. Allow me to introduce myself. I am an oak tree, 476 years, 13 months, and five days old, to be precise. I know, I know, I sound good for my age. Rumour has it that you do too, my dear little flatterer. For years us trees have stood here in Deptford. We've heard crying and laughter and love songs sung in broken voices. We've seen fights and parties, midnight rendezvous and secrets buried. We've felt the earth shudder with both thunder and bombs, seen people born and grow old and die only to get planted back in the earth beneath our roots. You have summoned us and by holding that small part of us safely in your hand, we are bound to share our memories of the past, present and the future with you. I won't be telling these stories alone. You will also hear the musings, stories and idiotic ramblings of four of my friends, my fellow trees we will lead you through 400 years of Detford stories. If you're thinking to yourselves, well, I've never heard trees speaking before, then I'd say you're not drinking nearly enough rum in your tea. or considering the larger picture. Plane, wake up! What? Oh,
2: hello. You've summoned us, have you? Right then. I'm a London plane. Hard as nails, common as muck, I'm proud of it. Like many others, I came over here from Spain in the 1700s and put down roots. I love a giggle and a gossip and a bargain. I can't deny it. You? Yeah? Are you with us? Oh, yeah, 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 man. Oh, right here. Yeah. Oh, wow, this is groovy. Oh, I'm a yew tree. I'm known as the tree of knowledge. And in the old days, People came to me when they wished to remember someone who had departed, but that was not like, really ever, you know. Oh, it got me down. Luckily, most days the birds fill my branches and sing. My, my favourite song is um.
3: Don't do that, you no. Remember the complaints from the council. Hi. I'm a beech tree. Butterflies love me. People say I can make wishes come true. And the first books in England were made of mar wood. I just like to make people smile. So you better smile. Lovely. I'm a Rowan tree and I'll protect you or hurt you. <laughs> I can't quite remember. When you're listening to the wind in the leaves and the branches, know that what you're hearing is us trees whispering to each other the secrets and stories of Deptford. Now, history books are full of tales of rich and powerful men. To find the others, you have to dig a little deeper and use your imagination. You have to listen carefully.
2: For years, man, We've collected the wild stories, the ones not written down, the stories that misbehave and change in the telling. We'll be walking for a while, so I hope no one's wearing high heels. Hey, I don't judge.
1: Let's begin. Here's the story of our good friend the mulberry tree. Here we go round the
2: mulberry bush, the mulberry bush, the mulberry bush. Here we go round the mulberry bush so early in the morning. This is the way we wash our clothes, wash our clothes, wash our clothes This is the way we
3: wash our clothes so early Monday morning This is the way we iron our clothes, iron our clothes, iron our clothes This is the way we iron our clothes so early Tuesday morning On Halloween in 1620, a man named John Evelyn was born. He was a writer, gardener and diarist and his home, Say's Court, was right here. His intention was to create a beautiful garden, as he was concerned with pollution and the terrible quality of the London air. Here's what he had to say in 1698.
2: The hellish and dismal cloud of coal, perpetually imminent over London, that her inhabitants breathe nothing but impure and thick mist, corrupting the lungs and disordering the entire habit of their bodies. So the Catars... Cough and consumption range more in this one city than in the whole earth besides. Nothing changes, eh? Now it's traffic jams that are making you cough and Deptford folk are planting trees again
1: to help you breathe. So you see, John Evelyn loved trees and was very nice. But, well, how can I put this?
3: He was a tiny little bit... Boring! Boring! Boring. He had a good heart. He let his friend, Peter the Great, Tsar of Russia, stay at his house in Deptford, generous as always. An emperor called Peter the Great. Was someone you'd love or you'd hate. He loved dancing and singing. And drinking and women. And he always stayed up far too
2: late. (laughs) Pete had come to study shipbuilding at Deptford's Royal Dockyard, but really he'd come to party as you'll hear.
1: Imagine, if you will. We're inside John Evelyn's house here in Say's Court. That's right. Take a moment to imagine a luscious interior with marble floors and oil paintings and ornate balustrades. You know the kind of thing. Very good imagining. Now, Mr. Evelyn had a wonderful housekeeper named Gertrude Fierce, and she was instructed to look after the place while Peter the Great came to stay. Mr. Evelyn had informed Gertrude that he was a most pleasant Russian dignitary, so she was looking forward to his arrival. He landed on February 9th, 1698, with eight companions all dressed in the most outlandish clothes, more like beggars than gentlemen. Stinking of ale, and it was only seven in the morning. Gertrude was aghast. She and her staff were soon to witness a great frolic, the likes of which Deptford would not see again.
2: Yeah, until Mrs. Havers in Daubney Tower had her 80th birthday party <laughs> yeah. in 2008 yeah. and made everyone drink Jägermeister's <laughs> shots. Yeah. Do you remember?
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you, Plain, for reminding us of that major historical event to Peter the Great in 1698, by the second night, Pete and his companions were all stood on the library table shouting, Oh, there was a young man called John, whose hair was all curly and long. He spent all day
2: planting trees in the mud
1: to his knees. And his britches, they didn't half laugh pong. <laughs> Peter moved the ancestral oil paintings out into the garden, and he commanded they should shoot the eyes out of the paintings to improve their looks which they did, and the air filled with startled magpies. It wasn't long until it was total havoc in the house and gardens. Rumour has it that he traipsed round in Mrs Evelyn's dresses, poured rum straight from a watering can down his throat day and night, and did his toilet straight into the flower beds as he insisted it would make them come up beautifully. Every night he charged through the hedges as one of his men pushed him in a wheelbarrow, shouting, Peter the Great of Russia can conquer any Deptford bush, which scared the maids and made them laugh. He dragged all the feather beds, bolsters, and blankets into the great hall and got all his men and all the staff to clamber in together. Eighteen souls in one giant bedchamber, a barrel of rum, and nothing to eat but pickled eggs. They'd never known anything like it, and the beds were ruined beyond repair. Then, one night, Peter disappeared off into a dark corner of the garden. He said he was going to call up the spirits of the ancient gods. When he came back, he was white as snow. He said,
2: I have planted a very special mulberry tree. Whomever shall eat its fruits shall live for all eternity.
1: Shortly after, he left Deptford and returned to St Petersburg. It is said he never touched a drop of ale again and lived a most respectable life, ruling his empire and saying his prayers. It's also said that many local children born after he left had his nut-brown curls and extreme fondness for wheelbarrows. You, dear listener, are probably wondering if any of that is true. The fact is, we don't know. Suffice to say, some is true and some isn't. And we trees do not like the truth to get in the way of a good story. But I'd suggest trying a mulberry for yourself when they're ripe. And if you live
3: to be 120 years old, then you'll know. Most years, you'll see the locals picking them and pots of jam being made for birthday presents. And lots of very old people you'll meet in Deptford will claim to be 100 years old if they're a day. I hope you enjoyed that. We're a lively lot, us Deptford trees,
1: aren't we? We'll leave here now, and move forward in time to the site of the Princess of Wales pub. You need to walk out of the main entrance of the park, through the iron gates beside the Thames Path signs, and turn right onto Grove Street. Keep walking straight until you reach the pub. You're aiming to arrive at the corner of Barnes Terrace. Before you get there, you'll hear another local tale. But do remember to press chapter two once you've arrived there for our next story.
4: So, I'm Johnny Wiccan, and my family's been in Deptford for a few generations. You always think when you watch EastEnders of these East End families and how they all act, uh, not getting on behind closed doors, but to the public front you're as close as anything. And I sort of think about that with my grandmother and her siblings, there were eight of them, six sisters, two brothers. With the sisters, I never knew sometimes who was talking and who wasn't. Um, And I think that had gone on all their lives for a variety of reasons. But when something came up or something wrong happened, they did all have each other's backs regardless. And one of the older sisters, her husband, well, claims started going around that her husband was getting up to no good with one the barmaid who he worked in in the Black Horse pub. And word got around, and my grandmother, she was the youngest of all the sisters, but she was like the top dog, really. She would go in and be the one who would be summoned in to go and sort everything out. As soon as she heard about this, she went into the Black Horse pub. And I can just imagine her walking in there going up to the bar. She'd be very calm and she had two voices. She'd perfected like this slightly sort of more cut glass accent that she used on some occasions to, as a difference to her South East London roots. And she would have gone up to the bar. She told me this story. She went up to the bar, asked to see the barmaid. I don't know the barmaid's name. And the barmaid came up, they must have known each other. And I can just imagine my grandmother probably standing very upright and and looking at her and challenging her about what happened. I don't know the exact words she used, but when they had an exchange when they had a conversation, my grandmother just very calmly picked up a pint that was sat on the black horse bar, tipped it over her head and said to her, you look old enough to be his mother and turned around and walked out. And for my grandmother, that was her job done.